Another edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's had a good week so far. Feels like it's been going on forever. It's only Tuesday night recording this right now. I'm going to post, probably listening to it on Wednesday morning. Got a good show lined up for you guys today. I'm going to talk some Auburn football, obviously, some Auburn basketball. Going to preview Auburn baseball. We previewed Auburn softball with our resident softball expert at AuburnUndercover.com, Philip Marshall, last week. Figured we would do the same for baseball. We're excited for that season to get started. Obviously excited that all of them, all those players, are going to have an opportunity to play after things were cut short last spring. So we're going to bring in Jason Caldwell, our resident baseball expert over at Auburn Undercover and inside the Auburn Tigers. He knows Auburn baseball better than anybody I know. And we'll start the show with our conversation with Jason. We'll get right to it. And now we've got Jason Caldwell, the lead baseball writer at AuburnUndercover.com. And Jason, last season, obviously, it was cut so short for them. Um, we thought it was going to go to fans you know, not being allowed, that kind of thing. And then, obviously, the whole thing was put under. But I remember you know, you and some other people who covered the team very closely last season excited to see the team because they were, you thought they were going to be really good. Now, how much of that translates to this season now? Um, I know that the SEC is really loaded at the top, um, but just what's kind of the general outlook for Auburn baseball this season in terms of where it's going to land? Are they, a, they a top 25 team this year? How do you, how do you sort of see this roster shaking out? Yeah, I, I think they're a top 25 team. Um, the question is, is how many of those are there in this league? And, and because, you know, the craziness of last year, everything that went on, you have – so many players back that would not normally be back on a college baseball team. Just for, you know, for Auburn, for instance, you know, Cody Greenhill, you know, would not be back in a normal year. He would have already been been playing professional baseball. Probably Judd Ward, Stephen Williams, uh, those guys, probably a couple of guys out of the bullpen as well. You know, you more than likely you would have been, you know, four or five of your key players that would not be on this team because they would have been drafted in a normal year after a junior season. So, um, because of that, you look at this team, so much experience back when you start, you know, talking about Cody Greenhill, Richard Fitz. Um, I didn't mention Jack Owen. He, he wouldn't be here either. Uh, he won't be, you know, playing this first weekend after dislocating a finger in practice, but he should be back fairly soon. But you think about those three guys um, that all have experience pitching not only in SEC, but in a College World Series. So you have those guys. Judd Ward played in the College World Series. Cason Howell, Stephen Williams in the outfield. Rankin Woley, Ryan Bliss on the infield. That's normally not the case two years removed, but that's what you have with this Auburn team. And so um, they got veteran leadership, they got experience, they got depth. Um, you know, how much, you know, how quickly do you put it together and, and add some of those key, I mean, new pieces, uh, you know, will, will be the determining factor. Schedule actually sets up fairly well, as I think as well as can be expected when you, when you play in the Southeastern Conference, when you look across the other side. Still have to play number one Florida, but you know you you miss miss Vandy and you miss you know Tennessee, South Carolina. You miss some teams like that, but uh, still a very challenging schedule. Yeah, I remember during that College World Series season, they didn't really blow you away during the season, but they kind of caught fire at the end. But the identity of that team was um, pitching, as it's been the past few years with Butch Thompson. But they've had some struggles over the past couple of years putting up runs. Um, and having some kind of, you know, a bit of explosion on the offensive side of things at the plate. Um, what do you expect out of that this year, Jason? What do you um, think they're going to do to 
maybe be able to put some more runs on the board to help support, like you said, such a deep and, and talented pitching staff. Yeah, I think I think the key thing is is how much power potential this team has. Um, when you talk about you know Ryan Bliss and maybe Judd Ward at the top of the lineup, those are guys that they maybe not be double digit home run guys, but they have some power potential. But you think about Rankin Woley and, and Stephen Williams in the middle, and you know adding some you know adding some pieces you know potentially like a Bryson Ware, a guy that that comes in from junior college who has home run potential. He's a power guy, and Casey Howell could add you know a little bit more power. So to me. Um, you know, how much more of that power potential can you have? Started off, you know, in those first 18 games last season, it showed up for guys like Rankin Woley and Ryan Bliss and Judd Ward, you know, where they were scoring runs and doing some of those things. So, to me, that and that consistency that you can have, you know, with experience, knowing that they don't have to press um, because they have other guys, I think it'll be a more balanced Auburn offense than we've seen in a while. They have all that experience, like you talked about, getting everybody back, most, most people back from a team that went so far a couple years ago, but they've got a lot of interesting newcomers. Um, you have a story on the website. If nobody, if you haven't read it, go check it out. Um, Jason, looking at some interesting newcomers for this baseball team, who are you most going to be intrigued by these first few weekends? And who are you most looking forward to watching um, that wasn't on this team last year? Yeah, I think you look at it, you know, uh, you know, this sophomore class, because they only played in 18 games, there's still some guys that, you know, people haven't really seen as much of. Mason Barnett's one of those, a guy that I think will he'll get the, the Sunday start um, right out of the gate because of that injury to Jacko. And Mason Barnett, Butch Thompson, and, and, and you know, the coaching staff say, hey, he may be as talented as anybody they've had. And, and you think about who they've had in, you know, the last few years and who they've still got on this roster. Richard Fitz is a potential top ten pick this year. Mason Barnett's a guy that can rank 96, 97, uh, really good breaking stuff. So, you know, he – you know, seeing him and how he develops, Nate LaRue behind the plate is a bigger, more physical catcher than Auburn's had in a while. He looks like a guy that that, that had played at LSU in the last few years at 6'3", 210. So that's a guy that, that's from that sophomore class. And then from this this newcomer group, Cole Foster, uh, shortstop from Texas, has maybe as good a hands defensively as anybody, has some power potential as well. Um, but I mentioned Bryson Ware, um, you know, is a guy that can play the infield, could also play the outfield. And then Bobby Pierce is a junior college transfer from, you know, an outfielder as well. So those are some guys that can bring some power potential to this roster. And then, you know, on the mound, uh, Joseph Gonzalez is a freshman that, that has a chance to, I think, step in there and, and do some good things, you know, for this team. But, um, you know, I think you look at, at, you know, a couple of these younger players and, you know, kind of how, how deep they can go early on, you know, probably won't see Cody Greenhill, Richard Fitz and Mason Barnett go deep into games. So, I think you'll have to see a few of these younger players step up um, and kind of fill the void to get to the back end. Cam Hill um, is a kid from uh, up in, in you know Bob Jones High School in Madison, Alabama, six three lefty. Could also hit. He could also be a DH for this team, but he's a, he's a lefty that can do some damage on the mound. I think we'll see him fairly early as well. Nobody knows Auburn baseball like Jason. Appreciate you joining us today um who do they open with this weekend and and what are you looking forward to about that series just kind of here in the near future yeah i play presbyterian this weekend uh in the three game series at auburn and turn right back around have tuesday wednesday games next week so there's there's five games really in, in the first six days for this team travel to texas uh you know if the weather holds off and next weekend will really be the kind of the maybe one of the most important tests for this team all season long because I mentioned these newcomers, the guys that are, are having to play, and even the, the sophomores from last year, 
playing in the Round Rock Classic in, in the second weekend out in Round Rock, Texas. You play, you know, Oklahoma, Baylor, and Texas A&M. So you play three SEC-level big-time programs. That'll be a good opportunity for them, for these young guys to kind of get their feet wet uh, and, and see what the SEC is going to be all about. So it'll be a, a lot of baseball uh, in these first couple of weeks for this team. That sounds good. I know everyone's going to be looking forward to it. Um, appreciate Jason coming on today. Be sure to go check out his coverage of the baseball team as season is about to start, and we'll be right back on the Auburn Undercover podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So I would be talking about Auburn basketball um, on this podcast. They're supposed to play Mississippi State on Tuesday night. If you haven't heard, haven't seen, or wondering why that game did not occur, um, it's because of the Bad weather all across the South, really. All the cold and the ice, it really has been difficult for anybody to travel. I know a bunch of other SEC teams had cancellation and postponement issues as well because of the weather not being safe to get to the airport, stuff like that. So Auburn and Mississippi State are going to play a basketball game. It's going to be Thursday at 4 p.m. Central Time, still in Auburn Arena. Interesting time. You know, I think that's like the time slot they're using for a bunch of games being delayed to that day. So I guess that's the only slot they could find. So certainly the earliest SEC game that's not on a Saturday that Auburn is going to have played in a long time. But both of these teams, they have the identical SEC record. Um, Both teams are obviously Auburn is not eligible for the postseason, but if they were, they would be kind of outside of that picture. Mississippi State is in the same ballpark. They probably need a really big run. Here at the end of the season, and that's something Bruce Pearl talked about in over the past couple weeks, is that, look, they're going to be playing a lot of teams down the stretch here that are not only fighting for their NCAA tournament lives, but they're also fighting to get better seeding at the tournament in Nashville, the SEC tournament. So they've kind of got that extra layer of motivation that, look, Auburn is plenty motivated. Bruce Pearl's a great coach that, you know, his players want to win every game, even when you've got no postseason. But he admitted that it's different right now, just not having that, quote, edge that you can give players in the locker room, say, at halftime and say, you know, we, we're we not going to make it to the tournament. We're not going to make it to the postseason if you don't go out there and perform in the second half. So just not having that, having that factor of your coaching ability sort of dashed away this season, it's made an impact so far, and Bruce Pearl expects it to continue to make an impact down the stretch of the season. Mississippi State is one of those teams really going to be uh, you know, rallying for better SEC tournament seeding, trying to make a run as a big SEC tournament run and a really good end to the season is probably their only chance at making the NCAA tournament. So you're going to run into that a few times. Down the stretch of the season, I believe five games left now. Um, you know, it's going to be weird because Auburn's not going to be in the postseason it's going to be strange to just be done with the season right when it starts I will say that this game on Thursday I think there are still some weather issues around the south and the SEC has put in this is not something people have talked about a bunch the SEC has put in three days at the end of the season that they have allotted to allow to schedule games there um, because the last 
game is of the regular season for everybody in SEC is on that Saturday. I believe it's March 2nd. But they have said we can use those next three days to play games. Obviously, they were expecting, you know, COVID outages. There have been some games in the SEC that have been postponed or delayed or canceled. They just weren't played on their regular date due to COVID. So maybe you'll see those games played. If Auburn doesn't play Mississippi State on Thursday, I would expect that to be the case. They go to LSU on Saturday. So if they're not able to play tomorrow as probably listening to this on Wednesday, if they're not able to play tomorrow, I would definitely expect them to just move that game probably to the that last little bit of the season that the SEC has allowed for games like this to be played because I don't think it's a guarantee. I think, you know, the weather is obviously you, you want to be a hundred percent safe. I mean, I know Alabama, their issue was trying to go to Texas A&M, not even being able to get on the flight, you know, being able to travel the short distance to the airport, but also they were worried about landing the plane um, as well, you know, smaller plane, smaller airport, stuff like that. So you definitely want everybody to be safe. You look around the country and you've seen um, just a lot of scary videos and situations that people have been put in because of ice and everything like that. And just everything that comes with the the cold conditions that people in the South are just not necessarily accustomed to, and maybe would go drive when, you know, they don't think there's ice on the road. So just saying all of this to say that everybody uh, be safe. If you're listening to this in somewhere that's got ice. Um, and even if you're not, I mean, just always expect that there's going to be ice present. Um, that is my, that is my ice Ted talk of the day. Please be safe when you're driving on the road. So getting into a little bit of Auburn football, obviously the big, big news. Some people don't want to talk about it as much as other people. We're not going to talk about it that much on the podcast, but Gus Malzahn is obviously UCF's new head coach. I think that's a great hire for them. Um, I think that's a program that talking to a lot of people on our boards and really talking to people over the past year, I guess, when it was, whenever Gus has been on the hot seat and whenever people were talking about him leaving Auburn and what he's going to do after Auburn. I really thought that a program like that, okay, a group of five that has good resources, that's really somewhere where he could succeed. I thought if he had stayed at Arkansas state long-term for some reason, he would have succeeded a lot there. That place nowhere near UCF in terms of the resources and the pedigree in the group of five UCF. I mean, besides, I mean, maybe it's better than Boise state. I don't know, but UCF, Boise state, Cincinnati programs like that easily are the, the cream of the crop and the group of five. So he's walking into a great situation there at UCF. And I think he'll do a really good job of building up that program. It looks like he's going to bring in Travis Williams, the former Auburn linebackers coach and a guy that a lot of Auburn fans really love because he made a great impact um, and a great impression just as a person when he was here at Auburn, looks like he's going to be Gus's defensive coordinator at UCF. So that's a really great step for him. Um, Obviously that's the biggest step of his career so far. He's never been a DC before. So I think he'll do very well. Again, obviously players love him. He's a great person. So I think he'll do phenomenal in that role. I've, I've no reason to believe that uh, Gus and whoever else he hires at UCF will not be successful. No reason to believe that. So maybe down the road, they'll schedule Auburn. He said in his press conference that one of the biggest things he thinks is key to getting a team like UCF to be respected and be in the playoff is scheduling really good teams. He said scheduling top 10 power five non-conference teams. Auburn definitely figures to be one of those in the next few years, definitely wants to be one of those um, under Brian Harson, a team that's consistently in the top 10. So maybe Auburn and UCF will meet again soon and, and Brian Harson and Gus Malzahn will be able to face off again. They already played once when Brian Harson was at Arkansas State and Gus was at Auburn in 2013. So 
We'll definitely be watching Gus, keeping an eye on what he's doing at UCF. It'll be interesting to watch. Over at Auburn, we have a spring practice start date. Just kind of looking at the videos that have been posted, all the players and the coaches and the hype videos, them talking about being excited for the start of spring practice. Um, a few of those short clips have included, I guess, a, a timestamp now. Um, practice should start Tuesday, March 16th, which lines up with what Brian Harson said, um, talking about spring practice last month when he said that they're aiming for that mid-March start day. Um, Tuesday's a little weird. You know, most of the time you start on Monday. So maybe Monday, March 15th is still that. That's kind of the one I was looking at when you look at Auburn in the past and what they've done and what Brian Harson said last month about the middle of March. I was like, oh, okay, it's just going to be March 15th. But technically based on they posted a video yesterday that said 29 days. They posted a video like three days ago that said 31 days. So um, based on those, it's going to be Tuesday, March 16th, but just one of those two days. And then at the end of the spring practice period, that does put the A-Day game on April 10th, which makes a lot of sense. That's, that's where it normally is either the, I don't think it's the first weekend of April very often, most of the time the second weekend of April. So that's really exciting. I've heard all signs are pointing to, having fan attendance there. Auburn obviously really wants that. It's going to be limited, of course, probably a similar setup to what we had during the football season, but you can still get a lot of fans in the stadium. That's just really exciting. I know that a lot of people um, sort of cast aside a day in the past. Obviously, whenever you have a new head coach, things are going to be really exciting. I know the most exciting ones under Gus Malzahn were the first one and then the one after the national championship. And then I think probably the most anticipated one after that was um, Jarrett Stidham, you know, a transfer quarterback coming in. And then Bo Nix and Joey Gatewood, I guess, when you had that quarterback battle. And Malik Willis, yeah, was still in the battle at the time. Those are fun to watch too. But, you know, A-Day games were in spring games just all across the country at any program where you don't have something like that. Not necessarily the most enticing, but, boy, I mean, Auburn fans aren't going to take, nor is any college football fan going to take a spring game for granted. From here on out, I know Auburn fans are going to be really, really excited for that. And it's just really important to get that back and, and have that weekend in the community. And I know Brian Harston and his staff are really, really excited looking forward to that date. And obviously everybody who is going to be able to go to the game and is going to be able to watch the game is excited for that spring practice. So we're looking at, I believe, 28 days away now, four weeks exactly. Um, well, yeah, 29 days, 29 days as of yesterday. So I think that it'll be interesting to watch just kind of overviewing what this strength staff has been doing through the winter workout period so far. Um, This is such an important spring for Auburn. Obviously every spring practice period is important, but there's a lot of these players that look, they, they weren't given a normal spring practice last year um, or rather they weren't given training that was standard like everyone else in college football has had players who were freshmen last year. They haven't had spring practice yet. The only training they had, they came back to campus for volunteer workouts in June. But even those, I mean, they're still figuring out COVID at that time. I feel like I'm talking to players at that time, um, you know, they were just saying how kind of tense things were when you're trying to get in and out of the facility and you feel like, you know, you don't know you're testing, you have all that, but you're trying to make sure that everybody stays safe. And so things were a little tense back then. I feel like now 
with all the rapid testing that was before Auburn went to, you know, three times a week testing at one point last season, they were testing every single day when they were trying to break out of that little, um, that little spike in COVID cases. So I feel like they, Auburn has a really good grasp on it. Obviously they, they didn't have that many issues with it last season when you kind of talk comparatively to the rest of college football. So they'll be a little more comfortable this year going through spring practice. And Brian Harson did it last year at Boise state. He managed COVID, you know, the entire season, everybody sort of knows what they need to be doing now. And so this is such an important period coming up. The winter workout period is obviously important too, just because talk about all those players that were sent home and had to do their workouts from home. That's not the same, you know, you, 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 you wonder how much that affected some of those players and how different it would have been if they would have just had regular um, spring training. And that was really the last time that they were able to have organized training was when they went home and they were given, um, you know, time, they were given kind of uh, an outline by their strength and conditioning coaches of what they needed to do. Because again, when they came back to Auburn, things were so weird. So It'll be interesting to see how different I, I, I just, I think once we get into spring practice and we learn more about, I think we will learn more about this staff than we knew beforehand at spring practice in terms of the types of coaches they are and just their approach, I guess a little bit of an outline for what maybe to expect this season, just talking about the videos that are being posted by Auburn. I mean, it's just very different um, than the Gus Malzahn era. Things are, uh, Brian Harson is handling things a lot different. I had seen videos of him doing this at Boise State, him and Jeff Pittman, the new strength and conditioning coach. They've been together at Harson's three head coaching stops. They're kind of tied at the hip. Um, you had seen Harson get in there at 530 in the morning at Boise State and participate in some of these workouts, be on hand, um, you know, do some of the do some of the weightlifting, you know, do some of the drills. And Auburn posted a video. If you haven't watched it, it was a really, really great video on the football Twitter account. I'm sure it's on Facebook and Instagram and all their other social medias, but Harson's in there, man. He, he comes to work in just normal clothes and uh, goes into his office and changes into <laughs> changes into gym clothes. And then even at practice later in the day, I guess, I guess not practice, but when they're in the indoor facility doing kind of, you know, bigger drills, not just weightlifting, he was participating in that as well. He was doing some of the rope drills. And so it's just interesting to see the difference in coaches, you know, Gus Malzahn was here for such a long time for eight years and you really didn't see stuff like that. And so kind of watching how this staff is going to grow together, what their tendencies are going to be, um, going to be really interesting. Obviously, it's such an important spring practice period for them. But the winter workouts ahead of time, that's where you kind of see, um, you know, separate the men from the boys. That's when people are, the players can make a big impression on their staff. And something that Jeff Pittman has done at Boise State, too, um, and Auburn, followed in line with this and made its made its own little Twitter account for it was he liked to recognize the players that were standing out in the weight room every single week. If you go back and look at Boise state, he did that himself. Auburn now has made a strength account. It's called AU strength on Twitter and they um, denote their iron men of the week. That's what they call it. Um, so far we've had Owen Papo and Bo Nix were the, were the two guys the first week who got recognized by the strength staff. I guess it's just, um, Maybe it's a guy from the offense. Yeah, it looks like it's been a guy from the offense and a guy from the defense every single week um, so far of the winter workout period. I guess the coaches vote on it, players vote on it. But that's, you know, 
even more so than all the other stuff they've got, you know, the ringing the bell, everything you've got in the weight room that, you know, videos posted, stuff like that to, to get you recognition. This staff is saying, look, if you do a good job, we're going to put your, put your face on this Twitter account. We've had Owen Papo and Bo Nix that first week. That's good to have two of your junior leaders. Those are two guys I'd be shocked if they're both not team captains um, next season, the next week, Luke Deal, the tight end. Ladarius Tennyson, who's probably going to be a starting defensive back in this secondary um, under Derek Mason this coming season. He's a guy, look, that we talked about people not having normal spring practice. He was a guy that was a true freshman last year, so he did not go through normal spring practices. He's about to undertake the first of his career. Um, Tennyson is a guy that I'm really excited for. Um, just a little note on him. I was told this week, talking to somebody about the winter workouts that he has been just killing it. Um, person to call him a dang animal <laughs> getting after it in the weight room and said that he's really motivated to take over a starting spot in the secondary and, and be a really impact starter this season. Obviously, um, all signs are pointing to Christian Tut will not be back at Auburn next season. He'll either be in the transfer portal or the NFL draft. I, I do not think he's on campus with the team. So Tennyson sort of taking over that spot in the secondary we'll see what his role is just because obviously Derek Mason's defense will be different in terms of an alignment than Kevin Steele's guys won't be in the exact same place you won't have the exact same number of say linebackers defensive backs that kinds of that kind of stuff on the field but Tennyson figures to be a big part of this defense I know a lot of people really liked his play when he got in at the end of last season um, when Christian Tutt was injured and then when Christian Tutt opted out um, and didn't play the bowl game. Tennyson had some extra playing time, and people were really blown away by his ability to track down and, and fly to the ball. Anyway, Tennyson apparently uh, been having a great <laughs> a great workout period. And then the most recent ones, Derek Hall, the uh, edge rusher. We're going to call them edge rushers now. Apparently, they're no longer buck linebackers. Um, the pass rushing specialist, and then Tayshawn Manning, the offensive guard on the other side of the ball. Two guys that, again, you really want to see them um, succeeding in the weight room as well. So I'm excited to get an opportunity to have conversations soon whenever spring practice does start. And we're talking to Brian Harson and, and probably talking to the coordinator sometime soon, um, whenever the practices do ramp up about the importance of this winter workout period and how things went, just because I feel like that's when you sort of solidify, I guess that's when you sort of solidify your kind of coaching styles that don't have to do with the X's and O's, how you're going to be with the players. You can see in some of these videos, Arson in the meeting rooms and stuff with players. And it's just a different feeling than Gus Malzahn. Obviously only time will tell in terms of wins and losses, if it turns out to be a more effective strategy, but it just, it is intriguing to watch. Now um, you had one regime for eight years and now you've got a brand new one in Brian Harson. Interesting to watch how that changes and, how things go it just in spring practice and in the weight room, um, just kind of their different tendencies and what they like to do. So such an important spring practice coming up for Auburn. Um, we're going to be talking in the next few weeks leading up to it, leading up to that date that is probably March 16th, could be March 15th. Anyway, it's going to be the beginning of that week. Um, leading up to that, we'll talk about some impact players, some players we'll be keeping an eye on, some position battles, because there are definitely some of those that are going to be happening it'll be interesting to watch pretty much every position on the roster um has some some depth chart uh stuff it has to shake out and figure out um things aren't really set in stone at a lot of different positions so definitely an exciting time uh now you know full steam ahead for harson once spring practices start his his time on the field at auburn and getting things done in practice and getting things done in the playbook will be fully 
underway. So we'll have that all covered. I'm excited to get around to talking about that on the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the Auburn Undercover podcast. Got to rambling a little bit there about spring practices, but I'm, I mean, again, we're not going to take spring practices for granted anymore just because of what happened last season. I am going to be so tuned in to, to every single day and so excited to bring you guys the coverage. I know you guys will be excited about it, but I'm excited to cover it because we didn't have that opportunity last year. So definitely really amped for that. Be sure to look out for that. Um, and I'm excited for that to get started. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast today, please go leave us a five-star review. I promise that helps out. That's the number one thing you can do to support us. If you did not like it, you can find me on Twitter. Um, you can find me on our message boards. If you're a subscriber, shoot me a message. Tell me what you didn't like and tell me what you think we should improve on for next time. Um, still with the Spotify issues, I promise we're working on that. We've got kind of an um, issue going on right now, getting it put over on Spotify, getting our exact link from the housing site put over. We've got a bit of an email discrepancy, trying to get the possession to us, getting the, getting the podcast in my possession on my email. Whatever. You guys don't want to hear about it. It's going to be on Spotify. I promise I'm working on it. Um, anywhere else you're listening to, to it, though, please leave a five-star review. Thank you to Beats by Mordecai, one of my good friends, um, for providing us, for um, giving us the intro and outro music. And we will see you guys on the next edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Y'all have a good rest of the week.